Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career in candidate search. I'm your host, Casey Haston, executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. Today, I have a very special guest with me. He is an incredible personality, and um, I'd like to welcome Randall Kenneth Jones to our show. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce him as Randy. Randall Kenneth Jones is kind of his stage name. Randy's my friend name. and But I want to tell you a little <laughs> bit more about him. Um, he is the founder and CEO of MindZoo, a creative communications agency for PR, marketing, and advertising. He's also a successful public speaker and the host of the Jones Dot Show, a business meets entertainment show he co-hosts with the original voice of Siri. So amazing. Today, Randy uh, joins us to discuss uh, his success in his career and how you can how you can ace your next interview. Randy, hello. Hello. How are oh, you? I am so good. You, I got to tell you, though, there's OK, so your audience in many cases are, are looking for tips on employment and, and let's say standing out in a crowd. Yes. I mean, I'm assuming that's correct. So let me tell you the reason the whole Randy Randall thing, I use Randall Kenneth Jones to stand out because if you Google Randall Kenneth Jones, you get me and you only get me. If you Google Randy Jones, you get 4,579 different people with the same name. Okay, I'm exaggerating. I was gonna say, did you count them? <laughs> if, I, if I could, I would. You, There's so many people that have my name that in order to distinguish myself, I had to use my full name. That's my legitimate full name. But the funny thing is, is the person that you really get the most for Randy Jones is the original cowboy in the village people. And I'm not kidding. That is Randy Jones crazy. is the original company in the village people. He's so prolific. He's so involved. He charted with a single like a year or two ago. Uh, he's all over the place still. So everything's about him. He is my Facebook friend, which is funny because we have the same name. And when, when he accepted my friend request, which I begged him to, I looked at his bio. We had the same name and we have the same birthday. That is I'm serious. crazy. Have the same birthday as the original so, cowboy. Are you like best people. friends now? Yep. We he follows me on Instagram. He acknowledges everything I do. Yeah, we follow each other. Yeah, no, we've never talked, but yeah, we're we're social media, very connected and very attentive and and good to each other. Yeah. I I wonder how many people in our audience right now are going. Who are the village people? Oh, that would be bad. <laughs> Google it. It's very interesting. Google it. Google it. Google it and go to the YMCA. Yeah. Right. So. I almost busted out in song just then. I never was very good at doing the whole YMCA thing, though. Yeah, yeah. Because which way do you do the C, you know, all that exactly. kind of stuff. So, yeah. So that yeah, it's confusing. See it. So I want to kind of tell our audience how you and I met, because I think it's so important that you put yourself out there. Um, for me, that's networking and going to conferences for professional development. And that's where I met you, was at a conference um, for professional mm -hmm. development, specifically for authors that are looking to write their first book and not wanting to, you know, make the mistakes that a lot of other people have made before. And right. at this conference, 
you know, I was kind of scared for you. Can we tip our hat to Smart Fem? Can we tip our hat to Smart Fem? Let's tip oh. our hat to the Smart Fem. Yes. It's Leah Wood, yeah, Woodward's Le- show. Yeah. And Leah was just on here a couple episodes ago. So this is like a perfect sequence of events. I'm going to have to see who else I can get from Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. But I was a little worried for you because you were the next speaker (laughs) and you and I hadn't really talked yet after the fabulous chief investigator. Lisa Guerrero. Lisa Guerrero. (laughs) And I was like. From Inside "Mm." Edition. Oh, it it, it sucked. And that was the technical term. It sucked. I was scared to death. (laughs) So tell us. And and I teach speech. I teach public speaking. I'm all about communications. I work with people. My show is promoting conversation and communication and listening and courtesy. My podcast, my, my work is so much of it is coming from a positive. What can we do when we approach things from a positive perspective? So here I'm watching Lisa, who was fascinating, who, as you know, Lisa Guerrero, huge, long career as a broadcaster, gives this incredible speech on bravery. Uh, she has subsequently been on my podcast and I will tell you, it's been very popular with young women who have mm-hmm. written me about that show, but I'm watching this and I, it's two different things. I'm fascinated with what she's saying. I don't want to listen to it, but I'm scared to death. So even, yeah, I do. I, I teach public speaking and I get scared to death because I thought, what do I do? I mean, my topic at this conference was specifically think on your feet yep. <laughs> but that's exactly what Lisa has to do when she chases bad guys through the street. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I was sitting there listening to her going, how do I follow this? What do I do? Lisa, give me, throw me a bone. Let me plug in to you. And that's ultimately what I did was not that I would call her my opening act. That was so good. Is she going to see this? But yeah, yeah I okay. kind of did. But I plugged right into her, the enthusiasm from yes, her group. I yes. took parts of her speech and brought it over to, to, to make the transition into mine. And as you know, hers was serious. And even though I, I believe I have great content with 150 interviews under my belt at this point in time, I'm more about the funny. I'm more about the laughs. I'm more about the enjoyment. So I, I'm happy to say I believe both Lisa and I, I, I did a good job that day. But yeah, I, I plugged in to her energy and took pieces and moments from her speech topics and, and, and made that be my transition. And that's the advice I give my students. That is awesome. Well, I will tell you, obviously I was impressed with you afterwards because I was like pushing people out of the line to get to you. And I was like, we're going to recreate those. You knocked three people down. I know. You knocked three people down. You were very aggressive. Yeah. You were very aggressive. And I kissed you. You you did. I know. You did. Yeah, I'm blushing a little bit, aren't I? Am but I blushing a little bit? On the lips like, uh, what was her what was her name? Suki. Suki. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, no, cute. she kissed me during the presentation full on the lips. Yeah. yeah so. so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I am an easygoing presenter. What can I say? I was gonna say you're just a little guy. <laughs> so um so I wanna kinda start digging into the meat of our conversation today. So Let's talk about your podcast for a second. It's Su- is it Susan C or Susan G Bennett? Susan C Bennett, Susan the original voice of Siri, one of my very dear friends. She is the announcer every single week, and she's a recurring guest. So we had her on twice during season one, where you get to kind of listen to her and how she became Siri. It's fascinating how Siri was done. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. She's a public speaker as well. I've seen her. She's amazing. 
telling the whole series story, but she's my announcer and one of my very, very dear friends. And so she's part of it every single week. Yeah, to have the original voice of Siri in your corner really is a great situation. Oh, well, you've me. got some great people in your corner. Come on, we'll talk about I, that. I, I, I'm very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I was, um, I think you make your own luck happen because you go out of your way to get what you want. And if there's people that you want to meet, you go out of your way. And I'm, and, and I'm going to come back to your podcast, but I really want to go back to the story, Thinking on Your Feet, when you met Pat Benatar for the first time. Can you tell us about that? Okay. For one thing, she's about to come on my podcast, <gasps> as you know. Pat's coming on the show. Yeah. In 1982 in Missouri, I my job when I was in college was to do singing telegrams. That cannot surprise anybody who's watching today that my part-time job in college was to put on a chicken suit and run around Columbia, Missouri. That should not be a shock. <laughs> That's what I did. Well, I, I have always said my first entrepreneurial idea was I want to meet Pat Benatar. She's coming now. You know, this is before the internet, and I'm in the Midwest, and I'm never going to meet a famous person. Ironically, I was singing with Cheryl Crow at the time in in, in a choir at the University of Missouri, but didn't okay, know didn't she know would become part. Cheryl Crow. Yeah, didn't know she's going to do all become Cheryl Crow. I wanted to meet her. I sent a request to the Missouri Student Association. It got approved. It wasn't smooth sailing. I won't go into every detail, but in 1982, I rewrote Hit Me With Your Best Shot, took six dozen balloons, dressed as Prince Charming with my 80s mustache and my 80s hair, bounced her up and down on my knee, all 93 pounds of her. <laughs> she was so gracious and so kind that she changed my life. Aww. She changed my life because I knew that I could accomplish more than perhaps I would have believed. I did not stop smiling for six months because of Pat Benatar. Wow. 33 years later, I interviewed her for what became my book. I said, did anybody give you our backstory? Because I was freaking out that she was about to, I was about to finally see her again. I always wanted, you know, I got to say thank you to her. I got to acknowledge what she did. She was, again, so gracious and so kind. We've stayed in touch. But she said something to me. She goes, I don't just remember the telegram. I remember you. Aww. Magic. The woman is extraordinary and has continued to be so, so wonderful to me. Endorsed my book, Show Me, when it came out. We go to her shows when she comes close to us in Florida and we hang out in the, you know, backstage and she's doing the podcast and to, to discover that your hero, she was so good to me in 1982, but she's just such a good human being that she still maintained that. Wow. That's special. You want your heroes to be great people. And she's, she's great. Well, several things about what you just said stood out to me. Um, first of all, you had to be brave right? I mean, you walked into her, you put on a Prince Okay. Yeah. Outfit, okay. I never thought about that. Okay. And you okay. sang to her and you I was scared to death when I did it. I was, right. you know, when I was, because, you know, I was still 20 years old and. <laughs> but you showed up and you I did scared. it. You, I showed up and I did it. That's important. You have to show up. Um, the other yeah. thing that you said was that you said, thank you. And I think that that's, that's so important. 
Well, you know that Peggy Post from the Emily Post Institute, the former director of the Emily Post Institute. Once again, if you don't know who Emily Post is, Google it. Incredible <laughs> you know about the work of the Emily Post Institute. You know, she's a courtesy uh, and etiquette advocate. Uh, Emily Post wrote a book in 1922 about it called Etiquette. And I've learned so much from being around Peggy Post, one of my very best friends, very, very dear to me. But when one of your dear friends is an etiquette manners expert, you got to step up to the plate, do the right thing. And so I'm, I'm, I believe I'm pretty good at the, the thank yous and the acknowledgements. I've gotten better at the thank you cards, which is, has kind of gone away. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, part of my platform and what I speak about is we are so wired. One of the advantages to the fact that we are connected as we are is we have the opportunity to reach out and find a teacher, a oh. former boss. Yes. A, a, a former colleague, the people that have influenced us and, and had a positive impact on our lives, we can tell them. Yes. We, we can find them now. Not always, but you can find them and tell them. If you've got a teacher that meant something to you, trust me, they want you to tell them that. Teachers don't get enough credit for anything they do. Find the teacher, find the boss, find the colleague, find the person who helped you and tell them what they meant and continue to mean to you. I, I, I jump up and down and scream and yell that message all the time. And I do it. And I do it. That is awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk about your podcast for a second. You know, your content right. is always so engaging and you have some fantastic guests and it's always entertaining. But, you know, for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about what brought you to create the podcast and what takeaways you think listeners can get from it? I started interviews in 2012. I'll give kind of the overview quickly. Uh, and it was actually a, I live in Naples, Florida, and it was for a business column in the, the newspaper because I just moved to Naples, Florida, and I wanted to meet people, and there were successful people here. I said, I went to the newspaper and said, hey, there's all these successful people that live here full-time or part-time or pass through. Does anybody talk to them? They said, no. Do you want to do it? And I said, yes. So from 2012 to 2016, I was talking to these incredibly successful people as to why they were successful, asking them how to live a better life. Not just, I don't want to just know what people do. I want to know why they do it. Mm. And I also want to know how they do it, you know, to, and I don't, uh, you know, everybody can have a conversation. Everybody can be inquisitive. Everybody can ask questions. Well, after four years of writing the column, that became my book, Show Me, oh, I didn't which came that. out and yeah, that became my book. That was the, the so there's over 100 interviews that went together, best practices, how to live a better life at home and at work. Interviews went to show me. Well, after the book came out, I missed that. It was a drug to be able to, to well, you experience this now doing what you do. You oh, know yeah. exactly what my is. This is joy. Yeah. When you can sit down across from another human being and say, teach me, tell me, how can I live better? How can I work better? How can I be a better human being? And you can learn how they did it. It feeds your soul. And I missed it desperately. And I had a lot of people after the book came out said, you know, I would have loved to have been there to hear the interviews. And I was like, wow, through a podcast, you can. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. did you record so any of those I original ones? I did. I did. Okay, Several of them are recorded. I, I don't have permission. They're not recorded at, you know, at a quality level that I sure. could actually put them on. You know, a lot of those people have come back. You know, I got a birthday call this past weekend. Um, okay. I'm going to say, so somebody called me from my book and from uh -huh. my podcast this weekend, had a two and a half hour conversation 
of the people that I know, who do you think called me and talked to me for two and a half hours this weekend? Aaron Brockovich. You are correct. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, awesome. yes. You are correct. That is yeah. I mean, to to she's so special. She is everything you want her to be, fans of the film. She continues to work tirelessly for all of us for water. She is somewhat alone in that fight. It's still amazing how things have not improved with water yeah. and with water issues since 2000. I mean, her, the original case in Hinckley was in the 90s. The film was in 2000s during Julia Roberts, and she's still fighting for us. Still fighting for us. And we all need that person who, whose intuition knows when we need a lift, that mm -hmm. person who knows, that friend who knows when you need to pick me up who knows when something's wrong, who knows the right thing to say, who knows how to lift you up, just kind of intuitively knows they, you need them. My person is Erin Brockovich. Can you even, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. She knows every single time when I need to hear from her. It's unbelievable. She knows exactly what to say every single time. That's and we met, do an interview. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. Interview. She's one of the interviews in your book, right? She's one of the interviews in the book. She wrote the introduction for the book, and she has already appeared on season one of the podcast, and I'm sure she'll come back. I mean, I so. every time I even talk to her, it's a master class in life. And I, everything that comes out of her mouth, I'm going, wow, I wish I were recording this. I wish I were recording this. It's unbelievable her perspective on, on life and the world around her. It's unbelievable. She's so special. That's maybe one of these days you can introduce me to her. One of these days we can see if we can make that happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm following yeah. Leah's advice. Get your ask in gear, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you a question specific for our candidates that are interviewing. Okay. So I know, right. um, you know, as a recruiter, I love it when candidates and cause I interview my candidates for my clients before the client interviews right. them you know, I'm vetting them. And I love it when they engage with me and they ask me questions and show that they're interested. So in your experience, what are some other ways interviewees can show their interest and excitement when they're interviewing with clients? Authenticity is huge. Mm -hmm. I think we we're spinning into a world where fake, well, fake is used a lot <laughs> and false are not what we're after. I think people want real. I think they're looking more for the authentic, real human being. And that applies to my podcast, that applies to life, that applies to interviewing. I don't think it's difficult. If you want the job, it should not be that difficult for them to see that you want it. If you don't want it, boy, you're going to have a, a tough time convincing them you do. Because I think most of the people, Casey, who do what you do know the difference. I yes. believe that you're trained to know the difference between the, the candidate is putting on the show and the candidate is being real. Now, the best way, and I talk to speakers about this, communicators at any point in time, the best way to keep your foot out of your mouth is to put stuff in your head worth sharing. Oh. And if you're going to interview with somebody We've got this cool thing. It's called the World Wide Web. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's really, really cool. You can find information <laughs> on all sorts of stuff on it. It's great. And um, you can actually, I mean, with, with the internet, there's no excuse. 
There's no excuse for ever walking into a meeting or an interview without information up to and including, oh, I, I you know, I actually happen to see that you won best jelly or best jam at the state fair or whatever. I don't know. I mean, you can find these you can. personal anecdotes on people so you understand who they are as human beings because chances are, you know, not that you're trying to be inappropriate, but if it's out in the news and you find out something, you might find a personal connection. Exactly. And, and people, you know, people want to work with people they like. Very true. So back in the day, we could, couldn't do that. We had to literally glean that information from what was hanging on the wall of someone's office, mm. the photos on someone's desk. Oh, are these your kids? You know, do you like hunting? Do you like whatever it was? But now we've got the web. You should go in prepared and knowledgeable. If someone's, you know, written a book, read it. Right. Be prepared. Sure. It's not complicated. For sure. I and want, then you'll I come up. You, you, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I want to talk I a little keep bit going. about your personal anecdotes. So I, we did some research on you and, you know, and I oh, thought no. I knew oh, you. No. I thought I knew you. And come to find out, now I'm going to have to look at this because I, there's no way I can remember this word, that you uh -oh. are a self-described card-carrying leprophobe. Did I say it right? Laporophobe. Laporophobe. What is a laporophobe? I'm terrified of bunnies. Why? You know what? You're, the cover of your book makes so much sense to me now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I've got bunnies there. And I wasn't on drugs when we did the book. <laughs> when people are like, there's bunnies on there. I mean, literally, I'm interviewing Sam Champion from ABC News. And he stopped the interview and said, there's bunnies on the cover of your book. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm terrified of bunnies. I mean, he was like, I've got to know more. I said, well, that's why there's bunnies on the cover of my right. book. What I'm going to say as an answer is in my past, I was at work, I was naked, and I was attacked by a bunny. No, you're making this up. Oh, have I ever? I mean, I, I'll like, I'm told the truth. No, no, that's the truth. What kind of I was attacked by you? a bunny. See, you have to read the book to find okay. out the whole story. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's where I'm tricky. I actually, that's my, I dangle that out there. Yeah. So if you want to hear the whole bunny story, you got to, okay. you got to show me book and read it. But I, I'm truly, I, I've gotten better because I feel like I live in the enchanted forest and, and, and we, I see 20 bunnies a day running around my neighborhood. And in Southwest Florida, there's a lot of bunnies. So I've kind of had to get over it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm cuddling with them or hanging out with them or inviting them in the house. I would never do that. But yeah, I'm, I'm that, terrified of bunnies. That, yeah. that makes more sense. So what advice would you give <laughs> to our candidates who may have their own bunny when it comes to their career path? Maybe there's something they're afraid of that's holding them back from taking that next step. Well, you know, I use it. I, again, I'm legitimately afraid of bunny. Use your fear. I don't, I own it. I don't pretend that it's, it's for me. And I think this applies across the board. I put bunnies on the cover of my book. I own the fear. I have fun with the fear. I deal with the fear by having it be part of my personality, by making it part of who I am. So it doesn't, I don't shy away. I don't hide it. I don't hide the fear. I'm very, I acknowledge the fear. And I actually think, you know, you may disagree with me and please tell me if you do, but when someone, they will always want to know in an interview, you know, what's your strengths, what's your weaknesses. Hate those questions. They really do want to know your weakness. And there's yes. a way to, to, to candidly state your weakness in a way 
your fear or your weakness in a way that is positive because it's something you're working toward improving upon. That so, is exactly, did that answer yes. And that is exactly yeah. how I coach my candidates. Yeah, just especially on that weakness question, um, you know, I tell them, you want to take something that's true, like a fear or a weakness, and you want, the formula is, just like you said, you spin that into a positive. I said, but it needs to be authentic because here's what I hear all the time. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm, too mm -hmm. detail-oriented. Okay, we all see right through that. That's not a weakness. You're just saying that it is. So I really challenge people when they're thinking about that question to really, you know, do a self-evaluation and be honest about that. Because I think that, like, going back to what you said earlier, authenticity, I think that the interviewer is going to appreciate that more than the candid answer that everyone gives. I will tell you that I believe my weakness is that I'm too detail oriented, but I go further and I explain it in more detail. So I don't hide <laughs> behind that. No, 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 no. Now let me tell you, because I'm, I'm digging deeper on, on that particular comment okay. because if I understand that's a fluffy answer. I'm too yeah. detail oriented. My truth is I'm not as patient as I should be. And that's part of the fact that I do, I'm a Virgo. I want everything done right the first time, which is related to that's the truth. So that's taking the detail oriented, fluffy comment, digging deeper and really sharing the truth. Yeah. And so you I will tell all that. I like saying that. Yeah. And I, and I just say, I really like things. I'm a Virgo. I, I really like things done the first time. I'm not as patient as I should be. And I, I challenge myself to be patient. I'm so aware of this that I'm, I'm really conscious that and how I deal with people. So I don't even just state the weakness. I state what I'm doing to overcome it. Okay. I like that. And I love that your answer went deeper than what most people do. Right. Um, yeah. I have another question for you. So you have interviewed and been interviewed. I loved your story about when you were on the Kathy and Hoda show. That was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah Kathy and Hoda. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but okay. you've interviewed some pretty big name people, Aaron Brockovich, Pat Benatar, um, Lisa Guerrero. I mean, just to name a few. What are three I have, steps? What, I, have, I have Vanna White from Wheel of Fortune <gasps> coming. Oh, I saw season. that. I liked that on yeah. Facebook. That is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, I she really, I, no one, we get to, yeah, we don't get to hear her. I want to hear her. Yeah. She's supposed to be incredible. She's supposed to be perfect. She's supposed to be just the kindest nicest human being on the planet. Well, I want that needs to be showcased. Let's hear what Vanna has to say. I'm and very excited. I'm very lucky. Yeah. I cannot wait for that one. So what yeah. are three steps that you take to prepare to interview your celebrities? I will do. That's a really great question. First thing, people have to decide in preparation what's going to work for them. Mm -hmm. I have my friend Eric with Unstructured Podcast. If there is, if he has somebody on the show, he's spending eight to 10 hours per person researching. If they have a book, he's reading the entire book. He is watching them. I mean, he is deep diving on this person. So he knows as much as humanly possible about them. That works for some people. Mm -hmm. I, on the other hand, I come at it with a, this is why I know why I want to talk to them. And I typically don't want to talk. I'm not going to ask Pat Benatar. So what's your favorite song? We're probably not going to talk about her music at all. We're going to talk about her life. You know, I want to know what makes her tick, what makes her run. So what I actually do 
that is a little bit different as I research to the point where I'm knowledgeable, but I can still be surprised. Because if I go into an interview and I think I know everything, I went my Ginger Z from ABC News. I read her entire book and I went so crazy over Ginger's book. I talked too much in the interview. Now, it wasn't awful for her at all because it was one of the best interviews I had. But I'm basically doing a book review and gushing about how great her book was. And she's not going to stop me from doing that. But I went in too knowledgeable. I'd rather go in with thoughts, ideas, impressions, goals, background, knowledge, enough for me to be able to have a conversation, but I still want to have a legitimate surprise. I don't want to know so much that I can't go, really? I, I would have never thought of that. Really explain that to me. I need for them to be able to surprise me, but I need to be able to ask questions that allow them to surprise me as well. Those. So the whole thing with me, with the interviewing process, and I've seen you do it because, you know, is you listen to the person, you find the thread, they say something that you go, Ooh, there's the thread. That's interesting. And while they're talking, you have to hold on to that in your head and then you pull that thread and oh, you I just, like you, you, you there and you pull that thread and you see what else is there, what else is there. So my preparation is, oh, I know about my person. I know mm -hmm. who they are. I know where they came from. I know what they're known for. I know a lot about them, but never so much that they can't surprise me. I love that you just said that. So I have three questions that I like to ask everyone at the end of the show, because believe it or not, can you believe we have been talking for 30 minutes almost? It never surprises me because I have no problem talking. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking to you so much. You were so yeah. much fun. So are you ready for our VIP questions? I'm ready for them. Bring it. Bring All it. right. If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? The first colon. Okay. Um, I, I, actually, first I thought you said columnist. I went, wow, I'm like the <laughs> Mars you know, Times. Wow, there's a newspaper on, on Mars and I would want to work there. I have a job. <laughs> this is great. I would take my husband, Derek. I would take Alexander, my dog. You have to take now, does he automatically? Yeah, yeah I got to take Alexander. Now, I, part of me thinks I should take a farmer because I need to eat, but I have to believe that there might be somebody that we're not going to be there unless there's some sort of food thing already set up. So you know what? Let's take Aaron Brockovich. <gasps> oh, yeah. that way yeah. something happens with the water. You're, you're good. If there's a problem with water. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm there's a farmer there, but if there's a mar if there's a Martian water issue, I'm so sad. So yeah, let's take Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. I I'm love serious. that. If, if I were to take the one, yeah, I would probably take Aaron. So you know, that I have to call question is intentionally worded to make you think about if there's already infrastructure there. You know, and I love watching people's faces as they process all that in their mind. They're like, well, should I be practical? Should I take water? Do I need oxygen? Do I need a trip home? What? You know. So I think that's very cool. Okay, it's so very interesting because you don't, it's, you, yeah, you don't give everything away in the question. So, mm -hmm. no. Well, this one I'm sure you're going to nail. What is one thing you do to start your day that sets you up for success? Oh, can it be more than one? Can it be sort of related things? Is it like a routine? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think I have routine? a routine. Okay. The, the thing that I do is, unless, no, I don't sleep till noon, but I work for myself and I work from home. 
I actually allow my body to, unless I have a place to be or a meeting, I allow my body to decide when to get up. Now, not everybody can do that, but that helps me a lot. My body decides I want you to get up at 6.30. I want you to get up 7, 7.30, 8, 8.30. Yeah, it would be really odd if I went much past 8 or 8.30. So I actually allow my body to make that decision unless I have to be someplace. Because it's saying, hey, I'm good to go. And, and then I'm good to go. I get up, I walk, and I get my cup of coffee, and I start right away. I don't dilly-dally. I immediately go in, I immediately check email, and I immediately, I'm not engaging in conversations yet, but I immediately start to go through really the administrative startup to my day immediately within two minutes. Wow. I'm right there and I'm starting. Yeah. I, I start right away. I do not waste time. Wow. And I've always done that. I also, it's weird. I don't listen to music. I don't have anything. I don't have the TV on in the background. I don't like the extraneous noise and, and stuff. I, I, I like to have the focus of it. But yeah, I start, my body tells me when to get up. I get up, get the coffee, and I go to work every day. You're the second person to tell me that. And they said that they have started doing that and letting their body tell them when to wake up and for health reasons, mm -hmm. you know, because sleep is so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's interesting that you kind of brought that to my attention twice within a week. So <laughs> you yeah. and one other person. So, yeah. um, okay. My final question for you, if your life's work, do I yes. win $10,000 if I say maybe, it right? Maybe. Okay. I'm rich okay. and famous. Okay. <laughs> okay. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Oh God. That's kind of mean. Um, it was summarized in a news article. Randall Kenneth Jones, brown-nosed, and name-dropped his way to unexpected success. <laughs> That's why it would be that, because I would want people, I don't take myself that seriously. Yeah. Now, the subhead might be, you know, something about... Uh, his focus on, you know, I would, the subhead would be something about positive communication, creativity, the things that I support and I stand for. But yeah, if you're going to have a headline about my life, it's going to be a little bit shocking and unexpected and a little goofy and hopefully make you laugh. So uh, well, yeah, I have, have been smiling. very nice to a lot of, I, I'm the ultimate, I'm and the ultimate name dropper, but those are the people I meet. So, and I'm proud of it. So, Hey, call me a name dropper. That's what I do. I mean, hey. I met these people. I'm very, very, very lucky. I do the same thing. So, and I name drop your just, name drops. I, well, I'm just so blessed. It's ridiculous. And I'm aware of that. You know, and, and I know there's people that really don't like it. They really think it's pretentious. I was like, I'm, this is the life I live. I, I don't. So I'm very lucky and I work very hard to earn these people's trust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, between the book and, and the, what the column in the book and the podcast, I'm at like 150. But I will say the one thing is you do not have to be famous to be on my show at all. You have to have a story. I, I have to be able to learn from you. And please let me say to everyone is I don't do anything we can't all do. I say this all the time. I don't own listening. I don't own being inquisitive. I don't own wanting to learn. There's no trademark on that. Everything I do, every single person can do on a daily basis with the people in, in their circles. They can ask to meet people too. 
Gotcha. I met Pat Benatar at 20. You know, if you got a hero, you never know. You might be able to meet him. I think that's amazing. All right. Well, we are definitely out of time. I'm so sorry, Randy. I so enjoy our conversations together. So I have one, pardon me. I have one last thing to say to you. Uh-oh. I think you'll like this Uh-oh. one. Okay. Randy, you are a VIP. Oh, well, thank you. I thank you very much. And I that's a wrap that. for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.